Buenas, buenas. How's everybody doing today on another beautiful Tuesday? Ooh. Well, guys. So, another fun news update. I may I have two more states on the list. I have Utah and Nevada. So, shout out to my West Coast. Thank you. Um, so that's 21 states now, almost to 25 almost halfway and then almost 50 and then we worldwide baby Ooh, mrs 970 <laughs> well again always 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 thank you guys for the support you guys mean the world to me i wouldn't be able to do this without you guys we are on episode six and i'm so excited i can't believe it's already october and then it's november y luego diciembre and then the year's over. And then we're starting over. And then, I mean, in February is my birthday. No, es A little reminder. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, well, on today's episode, we're going to talk about just growing up Mexican in America. Because I feel like not a lot of people understand the struggles of being Mexican in America. I feel like back then era más diferente que now, of course, because I feel like now people show their true colors y luego everyone's racist and shit now and there's Karens yelling at you. But, yeah. But, you know what? It's okay. And I also feel like being more relatable is kind of hard. That made no sense. Did it make sense? I don't know. It made sense in my head. <laughs> but it's fine. So, you know, what better than to start off with, you know, just talking about my story and how growing up um, in America went. So I was born here, like I've mentioned before. I, I was born in Colorado. I literally lived my all 25 years of life here. Um, I went to school here, elementary and everything. Um, and just going from school to school was so different. Um, especially because in my elementary, it was a very bilingual elementary. It was very Mexican. So I was literally surrounded by all Mexicans. I think there was maybe those güeritos, but that was about it. Um, in middle school, it was very half and half. You either ha you were either white or you were Mexican. Literally, there was no in between. Um, so it was high school. High school was very half and half, but I feel like in high school... People didn't care so much what you were. They kind of were just doing their own thing. They were just vibing. It, it was very clicky, I would say. Like, all the jocks would hang out with each other. Like, all everybody that played sports hanged out with each other. Um, all, like, the band people. The smart people. <laughs> like, everybody just hung out with each other. So, like, it, was, it wasn't bad, I guess, that it was so clicky. But everybody left you alone in that sense, I would say. But, yeah. But, anyway, so, when I was younger, um, I wasn't, literally, I was, like, in ESL for, like, years, it felt. I think in, I didn't um, test out of it until I was, like, in middle school. And I just couldn't comprehend the way the words and the sentences were. So, por eso me dejaban ahí. Um, I did, <laughs> fun fact, I did watch Full House to learn English. <laughs> Because it was my favorite show. It's still one of my favorite shows ever. I remember being in ESL and then I would come home and then my dad would be tell my mom like, Ay, como que no sabe inglés y todo lo que ves en inglés. And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> my brain, I, I still feel like now my brain doesn't 
function i mean my brain functions of course but the way it fu- <laughs> the way it functions is not the way i think the school wanted it to function um i do have dyslex dyslexia i can't even say the word dyslexia so that didn't help either i remember telling my mom i had dyslexia that i thought i had it and she thought it was i don't know what she thought it was but she yelled at me and told me i did it i'm like lady i can't read correctly <laughs> but whatever you know mexican parents <laughs> love them to death but yeah saben como son they never want to think anything's wrong with their child i'm like mom there's something wrong with me please accept it it's fine <laughs> but yeah i was in asl forever um and i think going to the bilingual elementary helped a little because i was able to talk spanish at home and then english in school which was a, a good ish transition especially kindergarten and like first grade when um it was more like ya no más hablas inglés de aquí and then you won't speak spanish anymore unless you're at home you know or with your friends um also helped having mexican friends porque así se me quedó el español but yeah um i mean elementary was fine it is what it is i think what was more of a struggle was when i got to middle school So I had this fantasy because I watched a lot of chick flicks. I watched a lot of Disney Channel, a lot of Nickelodeon. And I wanted to be that preppy, cheerleader, pretty pink, white girl. I don't know why I wanted to be white so bad. I'll never understand why. Pero. So I wanted to be like this pretty little white girl, like in all the movies that you see, because that's literally all they ever portray is little white girls look all cutesy. And then they want to get mad because Ariel's black. But we'll talk about that in another episode. So I wanted to be like that. So in middle school, especially the sixth grade, I tried so, 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 so hard to fit in con los güeritos. Um, I remember one of this, this white girl... Um, I would say Caucasian female because I feel like when I say white girl, it sounds offensive. But there was this girl, She her birthday was like around this time um, and she invited me. And I was the only, I think there was two of us. We were the only Mexicans that got invited. And I thought I felt so cool because I got invited and everything. I begged and begged and begged and begged my mom que me dejara ir. She finally let me go, only for a few hours, of course, porque me tiene que levantar by nine. I'm like, mom, the party starts at nine. But I think she put, she let me into 11 because she talked to the parents and then she saw where we were at and we was very supervised. So she was like, okay, whatever. I'm surprised she even let me out that late, to be honest. I'm pretty sure they were just chilling in the parking lot waiting for me with some McDonald's. Like, whenever she's ready, let's go. (laughs) I really don't think there was much to it. So after that, um, I did kind of realize that I really didn't fit in with them because I, you know, they were all wearing their Apostle and Hollister and Abercrombie and this and that. And it's not like my parents couldn't afford it. It was just like not my style. So I felt like since I wouldn't wear it, I would I didn't fit in because, you know, if you didn't wear Apostle in the sixth grade, you weren't cool. But I remember I did beg my parents. I'm like, I need to go to the store um i want to buy this shirt and then they're like for what and i'm like i just want i just want it. and they're like okay so i remember i ended up having like so many Aeropostale shirts i would wear them to death i said que ya no me quedaban because i wanted to wear them so bad and fit in so bad to this day i still don't know why i did that i mean i get it because i wanted to be like the in the movies but still i'm like columba like que vergüenza <laughs> And then the seventh grade, I was a little more like half and half. I was kind of like, mm, 
like do i i think that was more the mexicans i see so i was more like okay like this is more my groove um in the eighth grade otra vez um i think that with a lot more of the mexicans porque i was like no like i'm not gonna pretend like i'm somebody that i'm not comes high school High school was was different. So I played sports in high school. So of course I got along with like the popular kids and the white kids porque of me being at sports and I played volleyball and everything. So that had me up in a I don't know how to say it without sounding a mamona. But <laughs> I guess I was in a higher ranking in high school because of them. Just because I was in sports. So I felt like I was able to talk to more people, hang out with more people, communicate with people, network with more people in that aspect, you know? Not saying I was popular in high school because I don't think I was, but uh but in the other aspects. So I felt like there I I mean again I was trying really hard to fit in. I wanted to make you know, be a higher rank in, in in sports. I just wanted to fit in all over again because of watching all these Disney Channel movies of being the popular girl like that's all i i don't know i just assume that's what high school was about not going to school and getting education it was about being popular and being liked that's what i thought high school was and it wasn't but it's fine i still had a blast in high school it was the best years of my so far the best years of my life because that's when i wasn't depressed but <laughs> but yeah and then um well for coming freshman year a lot of my friends had quinceaneras i think i was like in three of them um and just being around all that, it was very eye-opening. Um, just seeing, like, the whole culture of having a quinceanera. Because, of course, like, if you guys listened in the other episode, I didn't have one. So I didn't... I felt like a quinceanera was just having a party. Everybody celebrates you. Yeah. Hence, it kind of is. But, like, there's more meaning to it. Um, the first quinceanera I was in, it was Gabby's. And they were... I loved all the attention que le pusieron a su quinceañera. Like, from her mom, her tias, her grandma, everybody. Like, it was... I think it was more... One of the most meaningful quinceañeras I had been in or been to. Um, just because you could tell, like, they really were going with the whole aspect of, like, you know, you're becoming a woman, you're turning 15, this and that. Um, so then I was like, hmm... I think I like this. And this is when I started shifting from I like white boys to I like Mexicans. So I was like, okay, I can't date a Mexican if I don't know how to dance, if I don't know what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> so I was like, okay, here comes Mexican Columba. Um, so yeah, you know, all the freshman year, a little bit of sophomore year, all I did was go to, go to Quinceañeras because that was all that there was to do. And that was the only thing my mom actually really let me do. She wouldn't even let me go to the movies, but she would let me go to Quinceañeras. Um, and sometimes I would just go... <laughs> expose myself i don't know how how i can say i mean she would pick me up by like 10 but between like eight oh between like eight to ten um i was just blacked out with uv blue so shout out <laughs> to los que me compraban uv blue in high school and if you listen to this mom i'm so sorry <laughs> but it is what it is um but no yeah and then coming i what was it like junior year i was dating some guy and he was like straight mexican like mexican mexican um and he knew how to dance and everything so i was like crap like i need to learn so my, he taught me how to dance shout out to him <laughs> um and then that's when i was like you know what like the i need to embrace my true self i need to embrace my culture i need to realize that yo soy mexicana no soy huera yes i was born in the u.s of a pero Yo no soy de aquí. Yo soy de... Uh, well, I'm from the Chihuahua. So, ooh. Todos los Chihuahua. Shout out. Um, but, yeah. Like, 
it was really hard coming to terms that I wasn't, my life wasn't going to be a Disney Channel movie. So when I realized that it wasn't, that's when I was like, okay, be your true self. And after that, dude, I went straight Mexican, like, voy a los bailes, um, bumping corridos, this and that, like everything. I was like, you know what? Let me do the part because the, it is, you know, it is what it is. So then, you know, I graduated right after high school. I went to cosmetology school. And in cosmetology school, there was these girls I went to high school with. They were Mexicans, but I didn't like them. So, of course, I didn't hang out with the Mexicans. I hanged out with those güeritas. And I actually got along with them 10 times better than I did with the other girls. So then I, there I go with my identity crisis again. Like, mm, maybe this, maybe that, you know, like, and then in my um mindset of career path wise it was like i want to work here i want to do this and that and it was very like more white i guess i would assume so i was otra vez trying to fit in trying to act white trying to do all these things i could so i would get noticed um not like by guys or anything but it was more like getting noticed by salons getting noticed on social media um you know just networking también and then there i go losing my mexican trying to fit in well, then I graduated beauty school, and then um, that's when I was a little older. The first, well, the one of the salons I worked at, my first one, though, uh, I met this girl. She was Mexican, too. We hit it off really well. I still love her to death. Um, and so then I was like, wait, I like being Mexican, actually. So, you know, there I go for another two years fighting myself and blah, blah, blah. Well, here comes the election. And there goes all the racist people freaking saying this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then there I go again. Like, I hated telling people my name for a while because every time I was at work, people, of course, they ask for your name because, you know, practically customer service. So then I would tell them my name. I would be like, oh, my name's Columba. Very easy name. And they would butcher it so many times. I don't even know how. They would read it wrong. They would make fun of it. They would say this and that. And Oh, and when I was younger, I hated my name because no one would say it right. And I hated it. I would beg my mom to change my name. She told me no. Thank you for not. I am so glad que no me hizo caso. And then we went to go change it. But it was, again, going through that thing of, do I want to pretend and fit in? Or do I just want to be myself and not care what half of the world is saying, especially, you know, Greeley? Um, so there we go again, constant battle, back and forth. But it did make me um, realize that it shouldn't matter what other people think. Because it's just hard. And I I feel like I feel like I'm making sense in my head, so I hope I'm making sense for you guys. But do you guys know what I mean? <laughs> like that saying that says, "I'm too white to be Mexican, but I'm not Mexican." Uh, um, no, I'm too white for too, for the, <laughs> I'm too white for the Mexicans, but I'm too Mexican for the whites. And it's true. Like you try to act so white to fit in, and they're like, "Oh no, you're too Mexican." And then you try to act so Mexican to fit in with your Mexican friends, and then they're like, "Oh no, uh, you're whitewashed." And I'm like, "No, I'm trying to find something, somebody, some something to be my true self." And it's just hard. Porque in, in high school, I went, I. There was a lot of Mexicans that acted to try to whitewash themselves so bad con el pinche no pala en la frente. But I'm like, whatever. It is what it is. And I think um, 
one of the other struggles I feel like growing up Mexican um, is people thinking I have an accent. See, I don't hear it because I hear myself every day and I don't feel like I notice it. But I've been told that I have that I sound Mexican. I'm like when I speak English and I'm like, well, thank you. I don't know if that's a compliment, pero. <laughs> but yeah, like just the struggles itself are so hard because you don't think that um, you don't think they affect you day to day on your day-to-day life until they really do affect you and then you're like ah no pussy but yeah but let's let's stop with the the sob story of me struggling <laughs> and we'll we'll talk about the the other the better stuff the stuff that is fun about being mexican but we're going to take a short break and then we'll get back to you guys Ooh. Welcome back, you guys. So, it wouldn't be fun to talk about growing up Mexican in America without some stereotypes, right? So, let's start off with my list. (laughs) I did ask a lot of people what they thought, and then I did TikTok some, because I'm like, I don't feel like I paid attention enough to know what the stereotypes are, but it's fine. So, stereotype number uno having pots and pans in your oven and i can confirm this uh, when we were in my old house yeah it was a struggle trying to bake then you put whatever you need to in the oven and then you have to clean the oven and then put everything back i know dude it was the worst thing ever especially during christmas when i just wanted to make a um pastel yeah it was or oh, christmas cookies for santa yeah santa didn't get cookies every year because that was a struggle Mm-mm, no thank you um number two mexico being a scary place to travel to see i hate this this um the i don't know like saying because you know what i'm pretty sure it's safer to go to mexico right now than even going to school here okay you can't even go to walmart you can't go to school you can't do anything without getting shot at and y'all are scared to go to mexico most of y'all that go to mexico just stay in a resort don't even explore y'all go to cancun and then think you you know you're enjoying it y'all half of y'all don't even like us but i want to cancun and eat some and eat some tacos and drink margaritas yes like um please make make that make sense please thank you oh this one this one would annoy me because i feel like this stereotype is so dumb but it does make sense because i did go to school with a lot of these bitches but the hot cheeto girls <laughs> it's like just because we like hot cheetos doesn't mean anything oh, white people like to buy guns we don't call them the gunmen you know <laughs> okay <laughs> that joke made more sense in my head anyways back to my stereotypes <laughs> number four last chancla see i was a good kid yeah i mean nunca me pegaron they hit my sister, not me. <laughs> Y'all don't gotta call child services. It's okay. She's good. She's a little traumatized, but she's fine. She's fine. <laughs> I think she, she got hit. <laughs> I know they're gonna get mad at me for this, but she got hit by con el, um, remote control. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know why she just got hit. I didn't cause I was a good child because I got scared to get hit. <laughs> but now that I'm older, see, now I'm the bad child, but it's fine. It's cool. Um, I will, this one got brought up. I don't, 
ever heard of it or thought it was one but saying that we all look like dora i don't know but a lot of people did think do think that you know they're learning spanish because of dora but that's not true oh using vix for everything yeah i mean it really does work though not gonna lie just put a little bit on your nose a little bit on your chest duermete in sana sana conita rana you're good you're vibing you're perfect you're a thousand percent ready for the next day oh y un té de manzanilla y sas way sas oh another one is mexicans oh i guess yeah um having big families and always having big parties see i thought i had a big family because my grandma had like seven children on my mom's side I don't know about my dad's side. I don't really talk to them. But shout out to them if you guys still support me. Love you guys. But so I thought we were in a thing. It's like 13, 14, 15 cousins. I don't know. I thought we were. I thought that was a big family. I'm like, yeah, you know, we're vibing. No, there's people out there that have like 50 cousins. I'm like, 50 cousins. How do you remember all their names and their birthdays? I'm like, you guys, how do you do that? Uh, So, you know, I may I may not buy a landslide. Um, oh, see, <laughs> growing up, I always wanted a white crusty dog, and apparently that's a Mexican thing. I don't have a white crusty dog, thank, thank God. But I do have a cute little chihuahua, if that doesn't make it more stereotypical. <laughs> she's eight years old, and her name is Hermosa, and she's the cutest little thing ever, and she's the love of my life. So, y'all talk shit, and we're throwing blows. It's on site. Not gonna lie. Um... My brother-in-law was telling me that he always, uh, wait, people always assumed that he was a gangster. He was all cholo, you know, like, vibing, you know. And he's just like, I'm just a good guy. <laughs> and if you guys see him, he's like this cute little man. And you're like, really? You think he's over here doing drive-bys? No. I <laughs> uh, know. Well, that was all the stereotypes I had for the, But, you know what? In the Mexican culture, we say some dumb stuff, and so it just makes sense. It really does, because in in Spanish it makes sense, but when you decide to translate it, it makes no sense. Like sana sana colita rana, and then you translate it, and it's like heel heel frog's ass. It's like what the hell were we saying? <laughs> or when people are like aguas, you know, like be careful. But if you do the literal translation, it's waters. It's like. Um, so here are some Mexican dichos that I like that I have also said, el, oh, el burro hablando de orejas. If you, you know, if you know, you know, um, oh, ponte, ponte las pilas. Ugh. You know how many times my mom told me that? I'm like, the pilas are there. <laughs> I, there might just be the wrong size, mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I heard this, I don't think I ever noticed, but I heard this one yesterday and I had to write it down. Camarón que se duerme, que se lo lleva la corriente. I have no idea what that means, but hey, it sounded cool. Um, oh, I heard this one a lot. El que madruga, Dios lo ayuda. I'm like, I gotta wake up early for Jesus? I, I think Jesus will be fine if I sleep a little, you know. I don't, I don't think it's bad. Oh, I like using this one a lot. Por pendejo. I don't think that's a Mexican dicho, but I'm counting it as a Mexican dicho. (laughs) 
this one I say a lot. I don't think I don't know if it is one, but I like to say it a lot because it's true. I always say, "Lo que no se ve, no se dice." If you know, you know. Um, todo tiene solución menos la muerte. I heard that one yesterday too, and then it got me thinking. I was like, "Hmm, makes a lot of sense." So another one that I heard was "Botellita de Jerez." Todo lo que digas sea al revés. Still don't know what that means, but I thought it was kind of cool. <laughs> um, oh, my mom loves to say this one. El que se cayó por asomarse. It's kind of like, you know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to translate them in English, but they make sense in my head. In the, the Spanish. So, yeah. El burro por delante is another one. I get told that all the time because I don't know i'm not not saying that i'm dumb <laughs> because i like to put me before the person when it's supposed to be the person before you so fun trick for my spanish people that my spanish people my people that are trying to learn spanish there you go the other person goes before you do and then i saw this one yesterday and i it reminded me of my we're here for a good time not a long time um i must tiempo que vida i was like hmm now i have a now i know how to say a, i have a Dicho in Spanish to say instead of my my normal one that I say in English. <laughs> but yes, guys, thank you again for tuning in. Um, I know this episode's a little shorter, but it's okay. We sometimes you you gotta mix it up, you know. Um, so yeah, guys, you know, I don't forget I am on Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, and yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Bye.